Samsung unveils the Galaxy S24 lineup with AI. Pre-orders for the Apple Vision Pro are now open. The new website that can tell you if a text message is a scam. Plus, your tech questions answered. What's going on? I'm Rich Demiro, and this is Rich on Tech, broadcasting live from Los Angeles, coast to coast. This is the show where I talk about the tech stuff I think you should know about. It's also the place where I answer your questions about technology. I believe that tech should be interesting, useful, and fun. Let's open up the phone lines at 888-RICH-101. That's 888-742-4101. 888-RICH-101. Give me a call if you have a question about technology or if you just want to comment about something. We do that, too. Email also open. Just go to the website, richontech.tv. Hit contact. You can submit your questions there or your comments. If you submit a comment, I'll read it throughout the show or later on in the feedback. We got some great guests this week. Uh, Joanna Stern from the Wall Street Journal will join to share her thoughts on trying on the Apple Vision Pro. Ray Wong, tech reviewer at Inverse.com, will give his his impressions of the new AI features on the Samsung Galaxy S24 lineup. And I know you're thinking football, Super Bowl Sunday coming up. TV reviewer Caleb Dennison will share his top TV picks and explain all that terminology you're seeing when you go to Costco or Best Buy or online for TVs, micro LED, LED, UHD, LCD. Oh, my gosh. So many things to explain. He is fantastic. Friend of the show. Been on many times. He will tell us what we need to know. Well, this was a big week in tech. I only say that a couple of times a year, but this is one of them. We had two major things happening this week. Number one, Vision Pro. Apple's Vision Pro, this is their AR, VR headset, went on sale for pre-order. $3,500 for this thing. And yes, people ordered it. And yes, people will be amazed when they get this thing on their head. I had the opportunity to try it on this week. I will talk about my experience in addition to uh, exchanging notes with Joanna later on in the show. But the thing that you wanted me to talk about first, according to my Instagram, is the big Samsung event also happened this week. So I was, uh, okay, I will tell you this. I really think Apple was trying to steal the spotlight from Samsung this week. Let me tell you how. So during CES, if you listen to last week's show, you might remember they put out a press release right before CES opened saying, hey, we've got the Vision Pro and here's when it's going to come out. And everyone went nuts over that because we were waiting for that date and time. Well, this week they did two interesting things. They set up schedules or appointments with a lot of people in the media world, a lot of journalists, conveniently either right before the Samsung event or right during the Samsung event. So for me, for instance, my appointment was first thing on a Tuesday morning when I had to fly up to Samsung in San Jose for the event Tuesday afternoon. And at first I was like, ah, this is bad timing. Then I was like, wait a second. Interesting timing, Apple. So they did that. Uh, and you know, so you had a couple little things then during the Samsung event, what do they do? They put out a press release that there's a brand new Apple store, no other than in South Korea during the Samsung event. Did I say Apple event during the Samsung event? 
I mean, come on, Apple. I love you, but you're just, I mean, and look, I am all about uh, the hustle. I'm all about the, the game. I'm all about, you know, back and forth. You know, this week it was announced that uh, Apple overtook Samsung for the first time in like a decade as the world's largest smartphone maker. I have the, uh, the numbers here. Uh, in 2023, Apple shipped 234.6 million units. Samsung shipped 226.6 million units, dropping to the number two position with a 13.6% decline. Now, you can imagine that these two companies, Apple was celebrating, and Samsung, they were not very happy, especially on the week of their own event happening here in the U.S. Let me tell you about that event. It was up in San Jose, and I love going to these events, not only because you know you get to kind of meet with everyone that you see online and all the tech people that you know, but also you get to go hands-on, you get to feel like how this company does stuff. So they took over the SAP Center. Don't call it SAP. That's not It's, it's SAP. Uh, they took over the SAP Center in San Jose. They took over the hotels and all the meeting rooms in San Jose. And uh, they actually brought me up there. So thank you, Samsung. Uh, and we had a great week. I was up there for three days. I didn't really understand why I had to be up there. But they not only do the event, but they do like a dinner. And then they also do the day after this big excursion. So you get your phone as your review unit. And then you have all day to kind of go out and use it. And so we went to a couple places that I thought were so cool. Uh, we went to the Winchester Mystery House, which is like this wild mansion that has like 160 rooms. And a lot of them, like staircases that lead to nowhere, all kinds of wild things. If you're in San Jose, highly recommend you visit that. That was uh, just a wild experience. The other thing that was really cool is this place called the Mystery Spot up in San Jose. Or I guess this was in Santa Cruz. And uh, that is like this uh, weird cabin they built that you go in there and you can't stand up straight. You like literally are at a, I don't know, angle when you stand up. It's really, really weird. It like defies all gravity rules. Now, it's funny because my uh, kids and I, we were up in San Jose or Santa Cruz a couple of years ago, and these were the two places we skipped. We're like, ah, those are tourist traps. We're not going to those. Sure enough, they were so much fun. I had a blast, and I can't wait to bring the kids. Anyway, I tell you that because here's what you need to know about these new phones. You've got three new phones, S24, S24 Plus, S24 Ultra. The focus this year is all about AI. So you've got various AI features, especially when it comes to translating things. You've got live translate. You can make a phone call to someone in a different language. Translates in live time. I know it sounds like a sci-fi movie. You can chat with someone in text messaging in a different language. It just transcribes it and translates it instantly. Then you've got the recorder functionality that will transcribe everything that you record on there. So if you have a meeting for work, you can just let this thing record it. It will not only transcribe that meeting, it will also come up with a summary of that meeting for you. That is really cool. Then they've got this new feature, which I just absolutely love, called Circle to Search. You basically press and hold the home button on your phone, and you can circle or scribble over anything that is on your screen, whether it's text, whether it's a photo, whether it's a video, whatever it is, and it will search Google for that. And this is a killer feature that I don't think is going to come to the iPhone in quite the same way, but it is coming to previous Samsungs, especially the S23 and also the Pixel 8, Pixel 8 Pro. Uh, the Pixel 8, Pixel 8 Pro is happening on January 31st. 
the other Samsung they said within the next six months. This is a amazing feature. You got to check out my Instagram at Rich on Tech. See what that's all about. It is seriously cool. Then you've got all of these AI editing features. In fact, I just used it to edit a photo I tweeted because there's a, a sign in the background I didn't want. And so you can do all kinds of great stuff on these pictures with the AI editing tools. Seriously cool. I mean, you cannot trust a picture ever again. You've got someone taking a, a, a you take a picture of someone making a basket in, in basketball, and you can literally just press and tap and hold on the person as they make their shot and just bring them up so they can like slam dunk the shot. I mean, it's, and it fills in the background and everything. It's really, really cool. Uh, you can resize things. You can do whatever you want. Uh, they've got this instant slow-mo feature. So if you take a video, just press and hold on it, instantly slows it down. So again, that same person making a basket, you didn't shoot it in slow-mo, now you can just slow it down. It uses AI to recreate the frames on that video, and it's really, really good. And by the way, yes, a lot of this stuff is what we saw on the Pixel 8 series, but on Samsung, because it's a much higher-powered phone, it is a lot faster and it works a lot better. So yes, you can get this stuff on the Pixel, but on the Samsung, it is definitely better and faster because the phones are just more powerful. The other thing they announced, seven years of security and operating system upgrades. Upgrades. So if you buy a Samsung S24 today in 2024, this thing will be supported until, am I getting the math right, 2031? What? Say, what? 2031, you don't have to worry about a new phone? I mean, you're going to be like, uh, that's just wild. So seven years of security and operating system updates. That's the same thing that Google promised for their Pixel phones. So look, we're getting a lot better. And, and Apple does about five to six years on their phones. So when you buy a phone today, I know it's expensive, but you can keep it for a long time and then you can give it to someone else and it's still going to be secure. Uh, prices on these things. Uh, they, they did change one thing. They used to have a 10 times optical zoom on the uh, the previous model. Now it's a five times lens. But because they made the lens better, it still goes up to 10 times optical. It's just cropping the shot. And it's very complicated, but the reality is it's still going to be just fine. You can still zoom up to 100 times, and it looks even better than before. How much are we talking? $800 entry level, $1,000 for the middle, and $1,300 for the S24 Ultra. Woo! Start saving now. That's $100 more than last year and $100 more than the iPhone uh, 15 Pro Max. All of this is on pre-order now. If you order now, you get double storage. Uh, it's uh, going to be available on January 31st. We'll talk more about those phones later. And uh, they tease something, a new ring, a Galaxy ring, which is kind of like a wearable fitness ring. So that's really cool. Ah, so much fun up there in San Jose. All right, coming up, uh, your turn. 888-RICH-101-888-742-4101. My name is Rich Demiro. You are doing something smart. You are listening to Rich on Tech. Welcome back to Rich on Tech. Rich Demiro here hanging out with you at 888-RICH-101-888-742-4101. Couple of things to know. If you want to follow along with the show notes in real time, just go to richontech.tv slash wiki, W-I-K-I. That's richontech.tv slash wiki. If I mention something, you're like, oh, wait, what was that? Just go there. It will be there in real time. Uh, and also find me on Instagram at Rich on Tech. That's where I hang out the most. You can check out my stories. And if you want to see more about my travels up to San Jose, see some sample pictures from the S24, 
you can just go to my profile page uh, on Instagram at Rich on Tech and hit the circle that says, uh, I'm guessing, let me see what it says. I think it says Samsung S24. And so, yep, there it is, Samsung. So there you go. Let's go to uh, Terry in Seal Beach. Terry, you're on with Rich. Hi, Rich. How are you? I am doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I got a question since you're in the Los Angeles area. What is this weird stuff coming down from the sky today? Uh, I w- I, you know what? Look, it's called rain. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it seems to happen. Now, the good news is you're in Los Angeles because if you're in Buffalo, it'd be snow. So, you know, it's all good. <laughs> That's why we pay the price to live here. Uh, yeah, and that price is not cheap. What can I help you with? Well, I'm getting ready to go out of the country for a couple of weeks, and um, obviously I can't use an eSIM on my phone. I have to actually physically swap out SIMs for each country I go to. And I was just wondering, is there a way, even if I'm using a foreign SIM, that I can still text and receive and uh, send text to folks back here? Is this an iPhone or a different type of phone? No, it's a it's a Google Pixel 5a okay. 5g, which is not, uh, you know, I heard your recommendation a long time ago about using eSIMs. Unfortunately, I can't use an eSIM on this phone. Okay, yeah, that might have been before. Is that before the eSIM started on those? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. So you've got so you basically have a carrier here in the U.S. like a T-Mobile, Verizon, whatever it is, and you're going to pop that SIM card out. And then you're going to pop in a SIM card for the country that you are in. Correct. Okay. Uh, your text messages from the other SIM will not still get delivered to that phone because they are dependent on that SIM card. And the I'm trying to think if there's a solution. The only solution I can think of is sometimes these carriers have an app like a Verizon Messages or a T-Mobile Digits that will deliver the messages digitally to your phone, but that is carrier-dependent, and I don't know if you have the SIM card in there or out of there if that would still work. Like, like I want to be able to check my, my text messages on a different device, and it's really tricky to be able to do that. So I think uh, it's it's one of those things where once that SIM card is out, it's just that those texts are not going to come through on there. Let me ask you this. I have a backup phone that I take with me because I learned the hard way. If you drop a phone on a remote island and it cracks, you're out of luck. But you can still use a backup phone via Wi-Fi. So I was just wondering if I bring my backup phone with my U.S. domestic SIM in it, will I be able to text via Wi-Fi? Oh, yeah. Uh, Does that that phone have Wi-Fi calling on it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Turn on the Wi-Fi. So here's what you do. Uh, turn on the Wi-Fi call. Uh, put the take the SIM out. Put it in that phone. It will activate. Uh, dep- you know, usually it's pretty automatic. It just switches over if you if you pop the SIM in there. Uh, it will activate. Once that's activated, your old phone will have no service. You you know now you can use that on your trip. But this old phone, this other phone, uh, you will turn on Wi-Fi calling. And then once you're over in the other country, just make sure your roaming is off. And uh, it as long as this carrier supports Wi-Fi calling, your text will come through. And uh, your phone calls will come through on Wi-Fi calling. Now, here's the thing. I learned this actually from a friend when I was in Japan because I had my phone off. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I've got my I don't want to use my U.S. carrier. He's like, dude, he's like, why don't you just turn on your Wi-Fi calling? I said, well, text messages won't come through. He goes, yeah, they will. And sure enough, they came through as soon as I activated that Wi-Fi calling on that, but kept the roaming off. So um, I want to report back, though, Terry, when you get back. You got it. 
All right. Good luck. Have fun. And uh, sounds like a nice place you're going to if it's a... It's called Fiji. Oh, okay. Well, enjoy Fiji. It's it's actually even warmer than Southern California right now. I've had water from there. And it's it's pretty tasty. So uh, I, I imagine the whole island is even better. <laughs> Thanks for the call today. 888-RICH-101-888-742-4101. You know, the Fiji water is so good. Even my kids, my kids are 9 and 12, and even they know the quality of Fiji water. When they're in the store, and I'm like, look, you can pick out any water bottle you want. They're like, Dad, we want Fiji. I'm like, what kind of kids am I raising that they're drinking Fiji water? When I was a kid, I drank out of the hose, Right. And it was cold and delicious. And you know what? Fiji water is very sim- is very similar, I guess. You know, you find things uh, at CES. I'm going to give you a recommendation of a product that I really found there and I've been using ever since. It's called the Gator Grip. This thing is so simple. It's so easy. It's literally a um, almost like a clothespin for your phone. And it has a very simple functionality. It, you put this thing on your phone and you can now prop up your phone. So you can watch videos on it. It's like 15 bucks. Richontech.tv slash shop if you want the link to that. I love when I find little things like this that I actually use. All right, coming up, we are going to talk to Ray Wong about the S24 from Samsung. You're listening to Rich on Tech. Welcome back to Rich on Tech. Rich Tamuro here hanging out with you talking technology at 888-RICH-101. We are on location in San Jose, California, where Samsung held their Galaxy Unpacked event. This is where they unveiled the S24 lineup. In the audience, along with myself, Ray Wong, tech reviewer at Inverse.com. Ray, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Rich. All right, so um, you've been following Samsung for a long time. Uh, you know, we've got these new phones. This was all about AI. Is that a buzzword or is it actually happening on these devices? It's the biggest buzzword, not just on Samsung devices, but across consumer tech. And honestly, I think the features are very useful and compelling this year. So, first off, the event. Yeah. What did you think of the actual event? It was at the SAP Center in San Jose. They bring in people from all over the world. Um, but it was just focused on the phones with one little tease for a new wearable ring. Yeah, usually Samsung's uh, past unpacked events are full of theatrics and, you know, they're spectacles and you come here for the kind of like big showy kind of, uh, tricks but honestly this year it it just it did seem like a little subdued a little more tame um got mr beast kind of showing up virtually and then pokimane uh showed up in person so i guess those are two of their um spot guests now these phones live translate a lot of translation features so this live translate feature they've got this interpreter feature where you can talk to someone and kind of see things on screen for each language and then with text messages, they've got chat assist, which translates your text messages into a bunch of different languages. So with this phone, you can almost communicate with someone else speaking a different language without knowing that language. Correct. Uh, Basically, uh, somebody calls you, and uh, if they're speaking a different language, you can select their language, and uh, you can speak back, and it'll automatically translate your voice into another language, and vice versa. Apparently, it also works on a payphone or a landline, uh, from what they said. Um, I tried the feature out yesterday. It seems pretty pretty cool, pretty useful. Probably useful for, like, if you're calling a restaurant and they're speaking a different language, or you're in a different country, you're traveling. Like I said earlier, I think there's a lot of 
there's a lot of utility in uh, the Galaxy AI features. A lot of past Samsung features have been like pretty gimmicky. They love to like throw everything at the wall um, and hope something sticks. Uh, it's usually a, a feature that you try once and then never remember that exists again. With these Galaxy AI features, uh, Samsung has somehow like become more thoughtful. They're features that I think a lot of users will actually use um, on the daily. And I actually found myself saying, wow, that's actually pretty cool. Like over and over er after every single one of my like AI demos. A couple other features, this voice to text. So this is a feature that's been on the Pixel. I find it very handy as a journalist to be able to just transcribe anything that I'm hearing. So now that that's coming to Samsung, do you think people will find use in that? The average person that's not a journalist? hundred percent. Um, you know, as a journalist myself, um, I, I use that recorder app on Pixel all the time. Uh, it's great for transcribing like long interviews. Pixel phones are pretty limited in terms of like uh, sales, and I think this just, ha just having this feature on a device that is sold in more un uh, in, in more numbers is going to uh, expand the utility of it. Honestly, I think that Samsung actually goes a little further. Um, there's a way to translate uh, the transcriptions um, after the fact. So um, they kind of go above uh, Google a little bit. And I think I'm going to be very excited to try that out, especially when I'm interviewing uh, people who speak in foreign languages. All right. Now, one of the biggest features is this circle to search, which I think this is pretty incredible. I think this is really um, probably one of the best uses of Google I've ever seen. And we've had Lens in the past, but this is a feature that allows you to search anything on your screen or just circle anything on your screen or scribble on it, and it will search Google for that. Tell me about your thoughts on this feature and, and trying it out. Like I said, this is going to be a feature I think everyone's going to find some kind of utility out of. Um, basically, you just uh, find an image, find some text, uh, find a video. You have to pause the video for, um, but then you basically hold down the, the home button, and then you circle the item, and then it a little card pops up from the bottom and it shows you what it's discovered. Um, I tried it out on a pair of sneakers that I have yesterday and it was able to find my limited edition Nikes. Uh, I was genuinely impressed. Uh, it was easy to use, it was fast, and um, I think it's gonna give a boost to like uh, shopping. Um, people are gonna find things inside of like, let's say videos, um, and then just just have a quick link to buy it. Also, this is a big differentiator between iPhone and Android. Like this is a, a feature that you can only get on Android. I think it's only going to be available to be done on Android the way it's kind of, you know, taking over the whole screen. So do you think that will get people interested in Android? Man, that's a tough question. Uh, I think there's just so much stickiness to iPhone and iOS. Um, you know, there's so many great Google apps out there on Android, but People who buy and use iPhones, um, they're willing to like kind of like work around that and open apps, you know, do a couple of more extra taps. Um, so I don't think iPhone switchers or I don't think iPhone users will switch to Android just because of this singular feature, unless you're like searching a lot all day, all the time. But I think it will make Android a more compelling, more compelling platform. The AI features on this, it's a lot of the stuff that we've seen on the Pixel with regards to photo editing. So you can delete items, you can regenerate backgrounds, you can make items bigger in your photos. Everything gets this special AI watermark, which I thought was interesting too. So what do you make of these uh, AI photo editing features? There are some that are pretty practical, some that are pretty gimmicky. I think the object eraser and like the that kind of like magic eraser like feature is a little bit gimmicky. I, I don't really like tampering with my images too much. Like I, I have no intention of like really like 
lifting a, a person that's flying in the air and like moving them like a little bit higher in the photo or like adding and generating uh, some kind of fill for like, you know, a background or a foreground. Um, I think the, the features that I'm most excited for um, are like when it pertains to the camera or like instant slow-mo um, where you can turn a regular video into a slow motion video by adding by using AI to like add extra frames. It's super smooth. It looks really great. Um, I think that one's really cool. Um, and the ones that are, the features are, the AI features are a little less sexy, honestly. I think we'll uh, connect more with users. Features like being able to re remove a reflection, being able to remove a shadow that's maybe like cast over your face. Like we've all held selfie, or we've all held our phones in front of like a the sun and you know, you see, get that shadow on your face and uh, just being able to just automatically remove that shadow off your face is like pretty cool. It's easy to see these features in a demo and think, oh yeah, it works. Of course it works, right? Like it's in a controlled environment, but being able to actually try it out myself with my own like pictures um, and see that it works really well, uh, that really like surprised me. The ring. They had a big surprise at the end where they mentioned this galaxy ring. It's a wearable. It looks like the aura ring. Uh, no details though. So do you think we have room for another wearable? Do you think this is something that people are looking to put on their finger? Well, Rich, I'm wearing an Ura ring right now, and I've been wearing one for many years. I Before this, before Ura even existed, I wore another one. There's definitely room for more wearables. Um, you know, I'm not wearing an Apple Watch right now or any kind of smartwatch, mainly because I like wearing a regular classic mechanical watch. Um, and, but I also don't want to lose that functionality of being able to track my heart rate, being able to get like stress level tracking, sleep tracking. Um, as somebody who's been wearing a smart ring for like many years, like I want to say like four or five years, it's like a big finally for Samsung. I'm surprised it took them so long to like honestly get into this category. Any other takeaways from this experience at Samsung Galaxy Unpacked 2024? Yeah, I think this is the beginning of a new trend uh, for smartphones. You know, we've kind of peaked. Uh, you know, phones have kind of peaked um, in terms of like hardware design, in so terms of like software design, um, and AI is this kind of like new way to kind of give it uh, a second act. I was a little skeptical about it when uh, Google announced the you know assistant with Bard features uh, and AI features of their own on the Pixel 8 series, um, but I, I think I'm more convinced now uh, now that Samsung has done it. They've done it in a, in a very thoughtful way, a uh, very functional and very practical way. Even even a company like Apple is gonna have to launch your own like generative AI features on the iPhone sooner or later, because um, you can only rely on hardware for so long. I expect to see a lot of AI features roll out into every phone, uh, basically in the next 12 months and beyond. All right, Ray Wong, uh, tech reviewer at inverse.com. How can folks follow you online? You can find me on x.com. Uh, I'm at Ray Wongy, R-A-Y-W-O-N-G-Y. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Sour Lemons. All right, thanks so much for joining me today. All right, thank you for having me. All right, more Rich on Tech coming your way. Uh, give me a call if you have a question about technology, 888-RICH-101, 888-742-4101. Welcome back to Rich on Tech. Rich DeMuro here, hanging out with you, talking technology. Not sure if you're listening uh, or if you've noticed the theme. If you're listening live on the radio, we're doing an all-90s theme today. Some of my favorite 90s songs. It all stems from my Peloton ride this morning. I took a 90s ride, and I was like, wow, I forgot this music existed, and I really like it. And so there you go. I hope you enjoy it. 888-RICH-101 is the phone number, 
And just to put a cap on this whole uh, Samsung stuff, the AI features that I was talking about will come to older devices. So if you have, this is my advice. If you have a Samsung Galaxy S22 or earlier, this S24 model is a great update. If you have an S23, you don't really need to upgrade. The AI features will come to your phone in the first half of 2024. S23, S23+, Plus, S23 Ultra, S23 FE, the Galaxy Z Fold 5, the Z Flip 5, and the Galaxy Tab S9 series are all getting the Galaxy AI features in the first half of 2024. It's also coming, uh, the, the circle to search feature I was talking about that I love, that's coming to the Pixel 8, Pixel 8 Pro as well on January 31st, and I'm assuming other phones later. Let's go to Char in Colorado Springs. Char, you're on with Rich. Hello, Rich. Um, my First of all, I apologize that my thought is I'm probably not going to be giving you the information in the exact order that you need, but I will certainly uh, do my best here. This is what has uh, transpired. I had an old Apple iPhone, and I subsequently purchased an Apple iPhone 14 Pro. Okay. And I was going through a provider, uh, Total by Verizon, and I contacted their customer service number and, you know, asked that they switch the number that I had associated with the old phone to the new phone. Now, mind you, the old phone had a uh, physical SIM. The new phone has an eSIM. So, anyway, the individual uh, claimed that they had you know, transferred the number. Well, come to find out um, that that service, I guess, ended on my old phone like in a, a day or so after that. So, anyway, uh, the person told me, well, the new number should be activated on the new phone, you know, just activate service on the new phone and you'll be good to go. Well, I tried that and it didn't work. Uh, the And so subsequently what ended up happening was I no longer had a phone number associated with the old phone, didn't have service with the old phone, and now with the new phone there was, I had activated service there, but it has not been associated with that phone. Okay, so how can I help? What's what's the problem? Certainly. So my question is, what do I need to do in order to activate service on that phone when I've already purchased the service? So you, you, you don't have a phone at this point? You don't have a phone number on this phone? Correct. They, they told me that they had transferred the old phone number to the new phone and that hasn't happened because okay. they've been telling me, well, send us a text message to verify. Well, I can because it doesn't have service. Okay, so the new phone, so you've got, you've got both phones in your possession. Correct. And the new phone does not have service and neither does the old phone. Correct. Okay, so this number, this is what's called porting. And this number is stuck in like, you know, uh, fantasy land somewhere out there. It's Correct. in the clouds, right? Correct. Now, is it the same phone number that you're yes. trying to get? Okay. So... What you need to do, and you're sure, yeah, it's, it's a iPhone. Of course, it works with this. So, how many people have you talked to at Total by Verizon? Oh, I probably spoke to about fifteen different people. Oh my, fifteen different people. It's it's 
insane. Well, that is insane. Okay, so I will tell you, uh, when I had this issue and my phone went dead and I was freaking out because my phone number was in La La Land somewhere, stuck right. between two phones, uh, the person literally was going around in circles asking me for all this information, this and that, and none of it worked. Right. And I kept calling back until I got someone that literally did this process in 30 seconds. They knew what they were doing and it worked properly. So, okay. I think you either need to escalate this to the next person. I know Total by Verizon is sort of a prepaid um, system. Can you go into a Verizon store with that service to help to get customer service, or no? Is this all online? Well, my thought is I think I'm going to be forced to do that. Okay. I mean, I contacted uh, Verizon Business. Because no, they I wouldn't. They wouldn't do it. it this right. total, yeah, total by Verizon is a prepaid service. Uh, usually, when you go with a prepaid or MVNO, um, you know you're definitely you should be getting the quality of service you expect. But sometimes that doesn't happen. So, Shar, right. uh, number one, I want you to stay on hold and give your number to uh, to uh, Kim, and I will. I I know people at at Total, and I will uh, see if I can get some help on the back end here. Fantastic. I appreciate it. Um, because this shouldn't be happening. You know, this is, I, I love when people save money, and clearly you made a decision that you can use this service, and it's good, for, it fits you, and it works. Exactly. But you shouldn't have to be uh, stranded without a phone number for so long. Agreed. So, okay, um, what I think you should do is, when you get off the phone with me, mm-hmm. call Total one more time, um, and you have to be very clear about your, your question to the customer service agent. Number one, say, I'd like to get this escalated to a supervisor. Okay. And you say, I tried transferring my phone, uh, my phone number from one phone to the other, and it has not arrived on my new phone. I need someone to go in and make sure that this is all properly provisioned so that my phone gets the number on it. Okay. And and that's all you do. You're, you're doing a, you're not even porting the number really because are you going from total to total? Yes. Yeah, so you're just literally switching devices. So say I switch devices and my new device, the the phone number has not showed up on there yet. And you say, I just need to get this phone number activated on the new device. You basically give them the eSIM. There's like a code on the phone. And that's the other issue. What? They keep asking me for um, an IMEI. Yes, yes. And the, the IM, there isn't an IMEI. There is. That is associated with the eSIM. I thought... There is. It's oh, the okay. IMEI 2. Okay. Okay, so the two things you need to give them are the IMEI 2 okay. and perhaps the EID. Those okay. are the two pieces of information. If you give them the regular IMEI, that is for... Uh, you said this is an iPhone 14 Correct, Pro. Correct, 14 Pro. Um, and I, I'm trying to remember if they went on eSIM with the 14. I, I can't... I th- it is. It is eSIM it's, okay. because when I spoke to uh, the individual's business with Verizon, uh, he said that it was eSIM, period. Okay. So iPhone 14 Pro uh, only has an eSIM. So just give them the... Uh, either IMEI should actually work with this one, but but give them the IMEI too. That's the one that is the is the dedicated eSIM, and that should work. So, okay. Okay. Uh, Bashar, I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, give Kim your info, uh, email, and phone number, and I will see what I can do. But I want to follow up on this and make sure because this should not be happening. I appreciate that. I All mean, right. it's been exasperating, and then that's the other thing. They would tell me one moment we are going to escalate this to a supervisor, and then they would 
keep me on the line for 15, 20 minutes and then tell me we're going to escalate it to corporate. And I knew it was... No, and this this is an... Es- look, baloney. this is not an escalation. It's activating a phone. It's right. simple. It takes literally 30 seconds when it works. Right. So clearly someone needs to train these people to, to understand what you're trying to do. Right. But the, the words I'm telling you, you're just switching devices. devices. It's just a device swap and you're going from a physical SIM to an eSIM. Very, very simple procedure. Okay. It should not be a problem. Thanks for the call, Shar in Colorado Springs. 888-RICH-101, 888-742-4101. Speaking of Verizon, they're raising prices. I'll tell you about that. And the Apple Vision Pro coming up. Welcome back to Rich on Tech. Rich DeMuro here hanging out with you talking technology. This is the show where I talk about the tech stuff I think you should know about. It's also the place where I answer your tech questions once again, my name is Rich Demuro. You can find me on social media. I am at Rich on Tech. You can find me on X, formerly Twitter, Instagram, and of course Facebook. Facebook, uh, we've got a lively community on there. Uh, let's see, about uh, eight hundred and sixty thousand of you uh, <laughs> dealing with my uh, sometimes just silly stuff. Like last night, I'm complaining. I couldn't find anything to watch on on all the streaming apps I had, and I got frustrated. So I said, life was so much easier with a list of DVR recordings. Hopping between a dozen different streaming apps searching for something to watch is really getting old. Yeah, I mean, I I subscribe to all these apps and we sit there, we order the pizza, we're sitting in front of the TV, we got everything ready to go and we can't find something to watch. We start a movie, 15 minutes in, we're like, where's this going? You got to stop it. And then we went to another movie and then we fall asleep. So that's how it works in the DeMuro household. Let's go to uh, Gina... Gina in Venice, you're on with Rich. Hi. Good afternoon, Rich. Hello. Uh, I, hi. Um, all I can think about is that song, Do You Know, Do you know the Way to San Jose? Uh, when I talk about uh, San Jose? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know that song, but I will listen to it by oh. Dionne Warwick. Okay. Do You Know the Way to yeah. San Jose? All right. I love it. Yeah. 1968. <laughs> Uh, I'll ask uh, Bobo if he can find it on our system. Uh, the restaurant to go to, by the way, in San Jose is called Original Joe's. And I, uh, Original Joe's. Yeah, it was great. I had a great time there. All right. All right what can I help Excellent. you with, Gina? So I'm wondering, I ha- I'm an Apple person. Um, I have uh, across the, the, the uh, platforms. And I'm wondering if there's a way to sync applications that I have, like to sync Gmail across all applications. So when I I've read it, um, a message or an email and and on my iPhone and delete it, it's all also deleted on my Mac or my um, uh, iPad or whatever. Yes, yes. So there's a couple ways you can do this. Um, okay. If you download, like specifically for Gmail, if you download the Gmail app. You can install that on your various devices, and if you delete a message on one device, whether it's the web, whether it's the iPhone, whether it's the iPad, it will delete on all the other devices as well. Uh, okay. if, you, if you're using the Apple Mail app, as long as you set up the email using kind of like their flow, which if you haven't done this in a while, like if you set it up a long time ago, you might uh-huh. have you might have set it up as a what's called Pop Three. 
And if you're setting up as POP3, that means that the email is kind of downloaded to your device and everything happens locally. So you want to set it up as what's called IMAP, I-M-A-P. And when you make a change there, it is reflected on the server, which means it'll be reflected anywhere else. So if it's not deleting, like let's say you've got the mail app on your phone, you delete an email from Gmail and it doesn't delete then that means I would go in, I would delete my entire email account from the mail app and set it up fresh. And your okay. your email will be safe because it's uh, it's going to be on the server from Gmail. But yeah, yes, yeah, but yeah. I think the Gmail app is the easiest way to go. That's what I use because it does work across everything. Perfect. And, and I learn stuff. And I have one teeny weeny quick question. Does, Famous last words on this show, Gina. I know. Does... <laughs> um, when you click the box, um, trust this device. Yes. Does it? Uh, yes, you should only click that box when you are attaching the device, uh, a trusted device to your computer. Or like if you see that message when you are uh, plugging into like an outlet at the airport, run as far uh-huh. as you can, because that is why they put oh. that there. That is okay. only for your phone to your computer. And uh, yeah, that is because it means that you can transfer data between those two things. If you see that message anywhere else, if you're at a, a uh-huh. library, public computer, you do not want to do that. You don't want to trust okay. that device. Your device can still charge off of that computer or that outlet, but it will not send data. So trust this device. Okay. is uh, Take that very seriously when you see it. That That's there for Thank a reason. You. All right. Thank you so much, Rich. I really appreciate your program and all the information you provide. Well, Gina, I appreciate you listening. You are the best part of the show. Thanks so much. Did Bobo, did you find the song? Uh, we can't find the song. Okay, well, we're going to have to... Uh, let's go to... Let's go to... Okay, yeah, find it on YouTube. That's fine. Uh, let's go to John in uh, Temecula. John, you're on with Rich. Hey, Rich. Uh, question. I just uh, purchased a Samsung A15 5G. Okay. Um, I know at the low-end phone, we, wife and I both just use phones, you know, for basic phone texting whatever sure the a is there is there sort of budget series phones they're uh typically at a lower price yes definitely and we had the a32 5g's prior yeah which is a great phone it's uh, the the a lineup is great this is uh i think this is actually like the world's top selling phone but okay keep going yeah so so anyways we live in a remote area and we and uh, our service providers t-mobile and uh we've been using for about seven years, the T-Mobile uh, 4G cell spot. Okay, right. The Like the in-house thing? Yes. Okay. So, um, and we had the, I've had the LG phones, we had uh, A12 phones, and now this is the first phone that won't connect to that cell spot. Okay. Um, we've, I've been on the phone for at least a couple hours with uh, T-Mobile people and they couldn't help me so i'm kind of just thinking i'm going to be stuck with uh wi-fi calling i was going to say so um so it sounds so okay so you don't have any t-mobile service at all at the house correct zero even with the old phones correct okay but you were using this uh this range extender that you uh plug into your internet and it puts out a signal that a 4g signal that the phone recognizes and then uses that to make calls yeah basically anybody that walks in the house oh yeah mobile will now have service okay and this phone so does this phone not have 4g service at all does Uh, it not support 4g i don't know that's a good question okay so usually in the settings if you go into the settings on your phone i want you to try something 
Um, go into settings on your phone, and under connections, uh, it'll say, um, let's see, uh, mobile networks. And you can, uh, my, on my phone, it says allow 5G service and allow 2G service. So if I turn off allow 5G service, see if your phone defaults to 4G. So mine just went back down to 4G. Okay, so go into connections, you said? Yeah, so it's settings, connections, and then mobile networks. And you see where it says allow 5G service there? Yeah. Turn that off. Okay. And now does your phone show LTE up at the top? No, it says uh, allow 2G. Okay, leave that on. Okay. But just turn off the 5G one. Yeah, I did. And does it come up LTE? No. Okay, interesting. So I wonder if this phone, I, I find it hard to believe this phone would not have a, a 4G antenna inside. Um, you might want to give it a second to see if it picks up that signal. So what is what has happened with this phone, which is kind of crazy, if I restart the phone, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, it'll connect with the cell spot for maybe at the most it's been like seven or eight minutes. Okay. And then it disconnects. Okay. Well, this, this phone does support 4G, so um, it could be... Okay, well, the bottom line is, John, honestly, the world has moved to Wi-Fi calling, so I, I see no reason if, if you can turn on Wi-Fi calling on this phone and it works in your house, you're going to get your phone calls and you're going to get your messages the same way. Now, for other people that come in, if their phones still work with this little uh, you know mobile extender that you have, that's fine. But I think uh, the bottom line is that, A, this phone should work because I'm looking at the specs and it does have 4G service. So it should work with that extender. Sometimes you have to register the phone with the extender for it to work. Um, since you're telling me other people have been able to come into your house and use it, um, I, I that's interesting because typically you have to register the phones with this extender for it to work as far as I've experienced in the past. But I think uh, if you're fine with the Wi-Fi calling and it works, toggle that on. You'll be fine. Everything's going to work pretty much the same. Make sure that you set your 911 address in the settings when you set up the Wi-Fi calling. And this phone should perform pretty similar to the way it would with the extender, if not better, as long as you have a good signal. Uh, but there really shouldn't be any reason why this phone doesn't work with this extender unless, uh, you know, everything is just sort of out of date with this uh, extender and it's just not recognizing it on the new phone. But I would just use Wi-Fi calling, John, and when you're out of the house, your phone should work um, as it typically would on that T-Mobile network. Thanks for the call today out there in uh, Temecula. Uh, Verizon, I mentioned they are raising prices on some older unlimited plans. Verizon is increasing prices by $4 a month per line on older plans starting March 1st. The plans, 5G Get More, 5G Play More, 5G Do More, and 5G Start. So what do they want you to do? They want you to go to the new unlimited plans, uh, Unlimited Plus, Unlimited Welcome, Ultimate Unlimited, uh, pricing for the new plans is not changing. But again, if you see this on your bill, which you will see starting March 1st, that's what it's all about. It's because you're on an older unlimited plan. I would personally do the math, see how much your old plan is, see how much the new unlimited plans are, and switch if the math does not work out. This was reported by CNET. Um, again, Verizon increasing pricing plans by $4 a month on some older unlimited plans starting on March 1st. If you have a 5G get more, 5G play more, 5G do more, and 5G start, 
you might see this increase. You'll probably get an email from Verizon explaining that you're getting this new um, increase. All right, uh, coming up, I'm going to talk about the uh, Apple Vision Pro. I'm going to give you my experience. I put this thing on last week, and it's quite incredible. It's also quite expensive. I will explain what you need to know about the new headset from Apple. 888-RICH-101, 888-742-4101. This is Rich on Tech. Welcome back to Rich on Tech. Wow. This song was way ahead of its time. Now they're uh, driving Uber and delivering DoorDash. The actors, you know, it used to be when you came to L.A., you got a job as like, you know, valet, waiter. Now you could just do everything on your own time. It's actually quite incredible. Uh, Do You Know the Way to San Jose by Dionne Warwick. All right. uh, Kim, you know, when Kim gets fired up is when she says to me, like, hey, Rich, how the heck do you not know that song? And I said, I don't know. I, you know, there's things that have evaded me in this lifetime, but now I know, and I can't wait to listen to that again. Uh, you're listening to Rich on Tech. My name is Rich Demuro. Uh, 888-RICH-101, 888-742-4101. I want to get into the uh, Apple Vision Pro, but I got uh, my main man, Micah, here from Maine. You got a suggestion on uh, how to get text messages in Fiji? Yes, I do. Three or four of them, actually. Oh, my uh, gosh. One is, yeah, there, there are a number of different ways. If you're a T-Mobile or a Google Fi customer, you get text messages internationally at no additional charge. So that's a very simple way to do it. Uh, if you're not with those two companies, if you have a Google Voice phone number, you can get text messages sent and received through your Gmail account, and that makes it very easy, and you just need to have data that way. Uh, you also get data with Google Fi and, and T-Mobile, so you have the data automatically. And if you want to make phone calls, you know, as a travel writer and a travel podcaster, I have an UMA landline at home specifically so that I can put the UMA app on my phone and use data to send and make and receive phone calls from the USA at no additional charge to my regular landline phone number. Well, it's certainly gotten easier. Sure sounds that way. Um, thanks for the suggestions, Micah. Um, that you know, look, there's so many ways of doing this. I think that uh, at the end of the day, you either have to be set up in advance uh, with some of those things. I think personally, Google Voice has been uh, just incredible. Like I've had my Google Voice number forever because of these reasons. And I know uh, people that travel a lot love Google Fi because you basically get service everywhere. It's very inexpensive. It's very flexible, and also T-Mobile. Uh, is very good with the international add-ons with the, their plan. Or I shouldn't even say add-on. A lot of times it's just included in there. But I will say, in general, international travel has gotten a lot easier, a lot better. And again, uh, for most of the modern phones, if you have uh, eSIM, you've got that dual SIM card situation on most of the modern phones. The caller uh, originally did not have the dual SIM, and that's what made it very tricky. But he had an extra phone, so makes it kind of easy. Thanks a lot, a lot Micah, in uh, Maine there. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Apple Vision Pro. So I had the opportunity to try this on. This is Apple's $3,500 augmented reality headset. And uh, so first thing I do, I get into this thing. They scan my face with an iPhone app, and that helps them understand the size of the light seal, and that helps keep the light out. Now, when I put this thing on, I actually had a lot of light bleeding through, and so that actually did not work very well. But the first time I tried it on, it was very um, there was not a lot of light coming in. So 
the other thing is the okay so i get in there um and they immediately start showing me you put this thing on and you see the room that you're in i was like in a living room that they set up at the apple headquarters and immediately it looked like i was just looking at the living room i was in but of course they trick you and it starts writing in 3d the word hello floating in the middle of your eyesight and that was really cool and that's like kind of your like omg moment with this thing you're like this is really cool because i just thought i was sitting in the room i was in and looking through glasses no i'm looking through a camera that is showing me the room Uh, and then you start to kind of move around and all you use with this headset is your fingers and your eyes so you literally look with your eyes where you want to select on the screen and then just tap your fingers together pinch your fingers together and that selects it so that alone is just such a breakthrough with this intuitive gesture that you use to browse this thing and when i'm talking it's like minority report it really is because you just move things around like if you want to take the window you kind of pinch the edge you make it bigger you make it smaller you kind of grab the window move it over to your side of view you can have a bunch of windows open you can look around and see those windows just floating in midair it is quite incredible. Uh, then we tried out some movie movie apps. So we looked at uh, first we looked at some pictures and videos in spatial video, which uh, Apple doesn't call it 3D, but it's really just 3D. They call it spatial because you remember 3D TVs bombed. But um, looking at pictures and videos in 3D is just quite incredible. So you can take pictures and videos on your iPhone in 3D and then look at them inside this environment. Really, really cool. How often are you going to do that? I don't know, but it's still pretty cool to have it. I watched Super Mario World in 3D. It was great. I mean, it's like being in an IMAX theater in your living room because it's just an enormous screen in front of you. You can make it as big as you want or as small as you want. Uh, let's see. What else did we do? Oh, then I took apart a, uh, a F1 car in front of me. So they had this giant F1 car in 3D. I can move it around. I can zoom in. I can pop the wheel off. I can pop all the parts off. So I just imagine that this could be really useful for teaching as well. Again, $3,500 for this. It is incredible, but it is very, very expensive. Pre-orders are open now. It is in stores February 2nd. Coming up, Joanna Stern from the Wall Street Journal and I will talk about our experiences inside the Vision Pro. Welcome back to Rich on Tech. Rich Demuro here hanging out with you talking technology at 888-RICH-101. That's 888-742-4101. The big news this week, Apple Vision Pro is available for pre-order if you can still get one. Joining me now is Joanna Stern, personal tech columnist at The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for joining me, Joanna. Thanks for having me, Rich. Okay, so uh, you got you went hands on with this thing four times, or I should say head on with this four times. Heads on, heads on with the face computer four times. And what do you make of this? I mean, it's a augmented reality, virtual reality headset. Apple obviously doesn't call it that. They call it a spatial computer. But what do you make of this thing in general? Yeah, every time I put this on, I really have two reactions. One, this is the best headset I've ever used. The the image quality, the way you navigate this with just your hands, no clunky controllers like we've had with the Oculus, it, it just feels natural. Similar to when we first got that iPhone and it moved away from the clunky smartphones and they had styluses and it wasn't really that natural to interact with those. And so now feels like Apple's doing the same thing with the headset. So that's part one of the impression. 
part two of the impression is you're wearing a computer on your face and it feels like that right now. You almost can start to see the future of this device when you put it on that it's going to get smaller and the battery pack is going to disappear and it is going to feel more like glasses. You just don't know. We just all don't know when that's going to happen. And right now, as I'm just saying, it's a face computer. You're putting a computer on your face. And yes, it's cool, but it's also big. It seems to be quite popular at $3,500 plus accessories. As I'm scrolling through my social media, I'm seeing a lot of people have ordered this. They're eagerly anticipating it. Is that just par for the course with any new gadget? I think the big question is, who are those people on social media, right? Are they early adopters who have always bought the first Apple thing? That's my guess. Are these the people in your life that now, you know, many years later, have iPhones and iPads and AirPods and Apple Watches? Probably not, right? I mean, this, these are sort of the, the way these products get mainstream or go mainstream is it's just it follows the Apple playbook. Early first version is not meant for the masses. And certainly with this, when we look at $3,500 for a device, which we aren't quite sure what it will do for us, well, that's a luxury item. I mean, I'm not saying this is actually like a luxury, beautiful item, but it is, <laughs> it is a luxury to be able to buy a $3,500 face computer that you're not really sure yet how it's going to fit into your life. You know, you said this was incredible, but do you think that this has potential to like revamp the way we uh, experience entertainment and also compute because they, they call it a spatial computer. Will I replace my laptop with this? I, it seems very clear. Again, I haven't had the chance to test this and I know you haven't either outside of Apple's walls, but given these demos, they seem to be sort of building a narrative around at least one big use case. And that is entertainment. Uh, one of the, the two of the demos I got to see over the last couple of months were around the spatial videos and photos. Again, 3d, we won't say the bad word. And that really is remarkable. I mean, it is really cool to be able to take a video on the weekend of your kids in 3D and then watch it back in this headset and feel like you're really there with them, right? It feels a lot more immersive and real. The question is, how often are we going to do that, right? How often are we going to want to use these devices to do that? Sure, it's good for the business trip you might take when you're not with your kids, but I can see my kids in real life. I'm lucky to be able to do that. Maybe it's when they get older and I can relive those memories. Maybe it's people who have passed away. So I think there are a lot of interesting cultural uses that may evolve here. But again, it's got to come along, right? You're, you're going to want to have a device eventually that's easier to put on, sleeker. Maybe you, can, you don't have to have a big battery pack with it. What did you make of the uh, everyone's retweeting like this picture of like my ear, your ear, you know, this bulky headset that's like crunching down on ears. Did you find that this thing was really heavy and or hot on your head? I have always thought this thing is quite heavy. And I do really think that is going to be the main thing that prevents you from being able to use this for longer periods of time than you you'd probably want. You'd probably want to wear it for a little bit longer and you might start to feel the, the weight literally on your head i'd be curious to watch an entire movie in this thing because it's something i have not been able to do in another headset and also on the plane they all they always show this uh you know this picture of someone watching on the plane do you think you would use this on an airplane or do you think it'll get a lot of use on the plane i do i definitely think you know i like i bring my ipad 
typically on longer flights. It's, it's sort of a travel device for me. I don't use an iPad as much on my day-to-day -day activities. But I could see this sort of replacing the iPad for watching on longer flights. The issue then I think also becomes like this is a very solo experience. So you can't really share with somebody else. You don't really see what's going on around you. I mean, there are ways to obviously control that using the dial on the device. You can dial in how much you see around you. Um, but I've sat next to people on airplanes wearing VR headsets and other types of glasses. And I mean, they, they look nerdy and they're fine with that. What were you most impressed with? What are you, you know, what do you think is the best aspect of this device uh, at launch? I always go back to how easy it is to navigate around. I think one of the things that Apple had to overcome here is making this a device that's easy for anyone to sort of use. The controllers on these previous devices, you've really felt like they're clunky. They kind of get away, get in, in between that experience. So I think that's one thing that is going to help with moving this into the future. I think the second really is the focus Apple's putting on the real world. This is not about the so-called metaverse where you get out of the real world and you're surrounded in all digital objects and you've gone to outer space or wherever you've gone. You can do some of that in here, but they're putting the real focus on being able to see people and things around you. As soon as you put on that headset, I mean, Rich, you know, you put it on, you see the menu and you see your surroundings. If I had it on right now, I would be seeing you and I would see the menu in front of me. And so that seems like a really big difference. And again, also really showing where Apple, I think, is wants to go with this in the future, which is not a device to be alone in your home, but a device that you can wear out and about and see digital information and not just be staring down at your phone. What did you make of the eyesight? Because they, uh, in my demo, it was kind of the, the surprise at the end where this person looks up from their computer or whatever they were doing, and they've got these digital eyes on the screen. And it was it was a little weird, especially when they blink. They said, "See, you can see me blinking," and then you know they took a picture, all these little things, which is nice to have, but it's still a little odd. It's odd for sure. I think it, it that really is. I think about making sure that people feel like there's that privacy component here that they know oh you're looking at me versus you're looking at something else i mean for your listeners I mean, just to describe this i mean it sort of makes it look like a pair of ski goggles right so it's not just a plain piece of plastic in front of your face which it is but what apple's done is put a screen in front of the the headset that mimics what your eyes look like so it looks like the person is looking at you and that is to make it seem like you're just wearing glasses and it, you're naturally talking to somebody. But yeah, it, it didn't also work that well. Like it looked like, like to your point, it was like, I'm blinking. And I was like, are you? And it looks quite delayed. Um, and I also asked him to take it off to make sure he actually had eyes. Cause I couldn't, it was like, do you have the real eye? Like, what do your real eyes look like? Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what it looks like on me. In our demos, we didn't see really quite yet any, killer apps. And I, I don't actually want to say that there's going to be some killer app for this, but we didn't see a ton yet of third-party apps. What are the developers creating for this headset? And we know that that was such a key to the iPhone and the iPad is these developers and software makers coming along and saying, I can build this really cool thing with this, something you couldn't do with the stock apps that Apple provides. And so I think there's some big questions about what are these developers making once this is out, we'll have a better sense. And is there incentive for them to want to make things? 
things here. I mean, this is sure Apple's going to sell a lot of these to early adopters right now, but this is not a mainstream product. And so does that make developers not want to sort of invest in it right now? All right, Joanna Stern, personal tech columnist at the Wall Street Journal. Thanks so much for joining me today. How can folks uh, follow you online? They, I'm at Joanna Stern everywhere. X, Threads, Instagram, I don't know, Blue Sky, don't use it really much, Mastodon, all of them. Yeah, you list them all. All right, sounds like it's pretty easy. Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, more Rich on Tech coming up uh, after this. 888-RICH-101, 888-742-4101. Welcome back to Rich on Tech. Rich DeMuro here, hanging out with you, talking technology at 888-RICH-101-888-742-4101. Let's go to uh, Gladden in yeah. Long Beach. You there? Hey. Yeah. Welcome hey. to the show. Walked out to the car here. Hey, look, um, my question was, uh, I was listening a couple of weeks ago. You were telling everybody that uh, if you have Spectrum cable and like a Samsung TV or whatever, smart TV, that uh, Disney Plus is taking free subscriptions. Well, I went to Disney Plus, either on my phone or I did it on, on the TV screen, and filled out all the information, email, such, such. And then it asked you, it asked you for your a credit card number. Now, I stopped there. Uh, are they going to charge me later on, or is this just uh, a security background check? Good question. So uh, this is, you're talking about the, the free deal if you have Spectrum TV with the select plan. So if this is if you have traditional cable TV from Spectrum, and you're on the select plan, they announced that Disney Plus is now included. The Disney Plus Basic, which is basically their Disney Plus with ads. It's uh, it's about $8 a month value. And you can get this for free. And I posted this to my Instagram, my Twitter, and my Facebook. And a lot of people took advantage of it. And a lot of people said, yes, this works just fine. So, Gladden, the main thing you need to know is that you have to activate it first through Spectrum. What does that mean? You have to go to spectrum.com slash Disney Plus. That's where you have to activate it first. And then you sign in with the Disney account. So it will, it will, all the instructions are there, but it will lead you through the process. I think it sounds like you went to Disney Plus first. And of course, it just looks like you're signing up as a regular person. So you have to go through Spectrum first. That will give Disney Plus the signal that, hey, this person is a Spectrum customer. Um, give this to them for free. Now, I have not done this personally, so I don't know if once you get to that Disney Plus uh, sign-up area, if they do ask for a credit card for like a background thing, like, you know, if they just want to keep it on file in case you cancel your Spectrum. But the way I see it on their website, it says, if you cancel your Spectrum, you will lose access to Disney Plus Basic. So it doesn't sound like they require a credit card or they'll fall back to charging you. It just, you have, you lost access um, that's the way I see it so start at spectrum.com slash Disney plus and then follow the steps there sign in with your spectrum account 
move over to the Disney account and then get it through there. But uh, good question. And if you have Spectrum TV on that select plan, absolutely get this for free. Why not? And we're paying so much for these uh, services. Get something for free. Thanks for the call today, Gladden, and uh, glad to have you on. Marshall in Reseda, you're on with Rich. Hi, Phil in New Jersey. I- <laughs> hey, how's it going? Hanging in there. I hope you're doing well. Um, I switched over from that Note 20 Ultra I had that you saw me in Amazon Fresh. I have a 24. I, I'm sorry. I had Note 20. Now I've got the 23. But you know that doesn't have expandable memory. I got a 512 memory when I bought the phone because they doubled your uh, memory. Yeah, they're but doing the same I, thing right now for uh, the S24 buyers. If you get the 256, you get the 512. If you get the 512, you get the one terabyte. So it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, but tell them, at, whoever you talk to the Samsung, tell them to put the expandable memory back in because they did this back in the uh, five or six generation. I don't know if you remember. Oh, yeah. They Marshall. They, they put it back in on, on the seven or something like that because people complained. Yep. And then they took it away. <laughs> Yeah, I hate that. Here's the thing. People love the expandable memory, but these phones are getting to the place where they have, they're they're getting the the carrier or the the phone makers want no ports whatsoever. So on the Samsung, I'm actually still, I'm surprised that the latest Samsung still has a uh, SD card slot. But anyway, keep going. (laughs) I need a good suggestion from your part. I want a tangible thing I can put take it like a, you know, because if I took the micro SD card, once I filled it up, you know, I could take it out and put a fresh one in, sure. but take it with me and then whatever I want to do with that card. I don't want to put my stuff up in the cloud. I don't want to put it onto a laptop. And like that, I want something I could take and put into the, you know, plug into the phone, download all the stuff from, you know, the pictures and videos or anything I have, put it into something tangible that I can put, you know, carry around with me because it's got 512, 512 memory on it. So it probably needs to be considered something large to, you know, you know, not physical large, but like, you know, data large to yeah. put it in. Well, the good like news that. is, look, the good news is with these phones, with the USB-C, you could plug any drive into them. Just get a hard drive if you want to do it that way. That's the cheapest. If you want something small, get a flash drive. And the uh, the phone actually has an app built in called, um, fi- my. Uh, let's see what it's called here, Files, My Files. So if uh-huh. you go into the My Files app, if you plug in a hard drive or a flash drive, it's going to show up under storage. And you could just go ahead and copy and paste all the stuff that you want from your phone into that drive. And um, I'm sure there's some apps that can help you do that as well. But it's it's built into the phone. And it's very simple to do it that way if you don't want to go to the cloud. Okay. The, the drives that I recommend, uh, if you want to just get a regular hard drive, just go on Amazon, search, you know, uh, hard drive, Western Digital, and you can get like a, a probably a two terabyte drive for like 60 bucks at this point. Uh, make sure it's USB-C. But if you want to get a flash drive, PNY has what's called the Duolink. And this is a uh, USB 3.2 C drive, USB-C. Plug it into the bottom. They make it in 128 gigabytes or 256 128 gigabytes is 20 bucks, 256 is $25. That's, that's a pretty good value. Uh, if you want to get SanDisk, they make some products that are USB flash drives, um, under the, uh, iExpand name. And same thing. You, you can get these things very cheap. Just look for USB-C. Uh, they're, they're kind of dropping the iExpand, it looks like. So it's, uh, they call it the Ultra Dual Drive Go. And USB-C, you can get it all the way up to a terabyte. Okay, so a one terabyte is going to be one hundred and nine ninety nine. You said your phone, I think you said it was two fifty, uh, two fifty six or five twelve, thirty six ninety nine for a five hundred and twelve gigabyte 
drive, flash drive. This thing is tiny. It's, it'll fit on your keychain. So go ahead. You can get that and uh, sync all of your photos, videos, files, whatever you want, Marshall. And yes, I remember you. We met outside the uh, Amazon Fresh store in, uh, I think it was Woodland Hills, maybe, when it was first opening. You showed me your phone. You said, Rich, you made me get this. And when people say that to me, I'm always like hesitant. I'm like, do you like it? And you said yes. Thanks for the call today. 888-RICH-101, 888-742-4101. Apparently playing football on Peacock pays off. Record number of viewers for the streaming-only NFL playoff game. Over 23 million viewers for the Dolphins versus Chiefs wildcard game that aired exclusively on Peacock. This got me scratching my head. I said, wait a second, where's this game? Wait, it's streaming only? What? And of course we had to watch it because, you know, Tay-Tay was in the audience watching Kelsey. So my wife is all into the Chiefs all of a sudden. Uh, 23 million viewers, most streamed event ever in U.S. history. Uh, if you include local TV, 27.6 million total viewers. So wait, it was on local TV too? I'm confused. No, it wasn't on local TV. So streaming numbers were close to typical NFL viewership. Hey, streaming is happening. Amazon's got it on Thursday Night Football. Now we got it on Peacock. All I have to say is I saw a bunch of emails from Peacock saying all my family members were logging into my account. So I knew something was happening. You are listening to Rich on Tech. Welcome back to Rich on Tech. Rich DeMuro here hanging out with you, talking technology at 888-RICH-101. That's 888-742-4101. Welcome to another hour of the show. You can find me on social media. I'm at Rich on Tech on Instagram, Facebook, X, all the, uh, the places online. Uh, the website for the show, richontech.tv. You can also watch the uh, segments that I do for television there. Uh, and, you know, it's just a lot of stuff you can do. Listen to the podcast. You can uh, download this show later to listen again. You know, maybe you didn't catch something. You're like, what did Rich say about that? Let me listen to all three hours once again. Just search Rich on Tech in your favorite podcasting app or your favorite audio app, I should say. Uh, what else? Oh, coming up on the show, uh, I know we're thinking Super Bowl Sunday coming up. When is that? The 11th of February? Is that like, uh, let's see, when is Super Bowl? Super Bowl 2024. Uh, <laughs> Sunday, February 11th, 2024. There you go. Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Now that's a place to have a Super Bowl. I mean, you get to Vegas and it's like, you know, when you go to Vegas, Somehow you become a different person and they have they have marketed this and they have perfected this. You get to Vegas and you are suddenly having a Bloody Mary at like, you know, you don't even look at the time. You don't even care. You're gambling. You're drinking. Uh, you know, you're you're I don't know. You're just you're just a different person and it's fun and I get it. And as soon as you leave Vegas, you're just back to like who you were. And it's like this little place where people can just be as wild as they want to be. Then they get back home and they're like, okay, that TPS report is ready to go, sir. Uh, it's just the way it is, Vegas. So have fun there. Anyway, uh, we are going to talk TVs, the TV to purchase for your Super Bowl Sunday. We'll talk budget TVs. We'll talk TV terms with Caleb Dennison uh, coming up very soon in the show. Katie is in uh, Katie is in L.A. 
Century City. Century City. Welcome to the show, Katie. Have you been to Vegas? Oh, yes, many times. And do you agree that you, you become kind of like a little bit more fun, a little bit different, a little bit hang loose? Definitely different. <laughs> <laughs> I hear Definitely. Katie just had some like memories flash in her mind. Okay, what can I help you with? Yeah, right. Um, first of all, thank you for taking my call. I hear very good things about you. And um, number two, I have a very simple question, so I hope I'm not taking up your time. Uh, if we change carriers on our cell phones from one to another, from AT&T to something else, can we keep our phone numbers the way they are? Yes. Uh, this is oh, called, good. yeah, this is called porting out a phone number. And basically, all the cellular com- all the cellular companies use a system that allows them to grab the phone number from your old account, bring it to the new account. Now, how easy that is can sometimes be a little tricky. So the thing you need to know about porting a phone number out, number one, do not cancel your old service. That is the number one thing to know. So you need to have your old service active. And you have to also kind of set up that service for the port out. And with AT&T specifically, um, you can basically you need a pin. You need your account. Your, you need your account information very perfectly for the new carrier to be able to grab that phone number. And with AT&T, you need to get a special pin code because phone numbers are our lives. And so you don't want to just be able to have a, a stranger take your phone number from you. And so these cellular carriers have, have gotten pretty like strict about porting out. They want to let you do it easily, but they also want to make sure you are who you say you are. And so um, you basically need to um, get a PIN number with AT&T so that you can give that special PIN number to the new provider and get them. And that that way they can grab that phone number. So on AT&T, you can dial from your phone star port P-O-R-T and you can get a number transfer PIN sent to you via your text message. You'll need your account passcode to generate that. So just keep in mind, you will need some of that information. Uh, if you have the AT&T app, you can uh, go into the people and permissions and it says transfer port, uh, transfer phone number and you have to request a pin there and it will display on the screen. And that pin number is what's going to get that new carrier the ability to uh, grab your phone number. So it's, you know, porting is not tough, but you do need to have all of your information in a line and also some of these uh, code numbers before you can allow that port to happen. And that's for a reason, because, again, people do these things where they, they steal your number and then they can get your codes for logging into various websites, you know, the two-factor authentication codes and or they, you know, there's a lot they can do, a lot of damage they can do. So that is the way to do it, Katie. And uh, just, uh, yeah, make sure you don't... Uh, and by the way, once you once that number is transferred to the new service, it's automatically canceled at your old provider. So once that number is pulled out of your account and you have it with your new service, your old service will be disconnected uh, automatically. There's usually nothing you have to do after that. It should automatically disconnect. Thanks for the call, Katie. I'm glad you heard good things about me. You must have been talking to my family. Uh, Google's incognito mode, not so private after all. Google is settling a $5 billion class action lawsuit, uh, tell, accusing it of privacy violations because the incognito warning is not really that clear. That, by the way, yeah, they can still track you when you're using incognito. So here's what you need to know about incognito mode. Number one, 
incognito mode is the uh, private browsing feature that is available on Chrome, but also other browsers have it. They have something similar, but this is specifically on Chrome. So on Chrome, if you go to new incognito window, it opens up this little window that basically says you can browse it, uh, browse privately. Uh, it says people who use this device won't be able to see your activity. However, your downloads, your bookmarks, your reading list items will also be saved. So Chrome will not save the following information, your browsing history, cookies and site data, information entered in forms. Your activity might still be visible to the websites you visit, your employer or school and your internet service provider. So what does this mean? It means a lot of people thought that when they go inside that incognito browser tab, Everything is safe and everything is secure and everything is uh, invisible to anyone else. You are not invisible. So you have to remember that. And so, yes, your employer could see the websites you visit. Your school could see the website, the ISPs, and most importantly, Google and uh, the website you're going to can identify you by your IP address and other factors. So what are they going to do? They're going to change the warning on this little incognito mode when you go into it and say that... uh, Website information data can be still be collected by websites and services, including Google. So just keep that in mind. If you're at work and you're surfing the web and you go into this incognito, your work can still see what you're doing. You're, the, the, way, the best way to think about it is that what you're doing is not saved by your computer, but it's still saved by or it's still registered by the websites that you're going to. Now, the one thing I would add to this, there is an option on Incognito that says block third-party cookies. There's a little toggle right on the main screen when you go into that mode. I would toggle that on. And what that's going to do is that's going to keep websites from cross-tracking you. So let's just say you use Incognito mode to shop for a new ring for your significant other. And you go into this because you don't want to see all those ads follow you around to other websites. Well, that's a good way of doing it. And if you block third-party cookies, those websites will not exchange information with other websites to try to sell you jewelry when you're on different websites. So that's the way to uh, understand it. But just keep in mind, that's what's happening. Uh, There's an app that I love that I think you should download. It's called Perplexity. This is a really, really cool app. And it's basically like an AI app that uses uh, ChatGBT and Claude to give you just like information about stuff. And it's available for iOS and Android. And what I love about it is not only does it answer questions in like very easy to understand answers that are like very well thought out. Every day they send you a notification with like one kind of like item. So it may say the S&P 500 hit a record high. That was a notification yesterday. And when you tap it, it gives you all information about that, like almost like a little history lesson every day, but it's on a different topic. And it tells you, most importantly, the sources. So it says, like, here's why we know this is true. So, you know, AI can hallucinate. It can make up stuff. But what perplexity tries to do is it tries to tell you, hey, here's where I got this information from and here's why it's uh, important. So it's really great. I love it. I look forward to the little notification I get every day from it. Again, it's called Perplexity, P-E-R-P-L-E-X-I-T-Y. It's available for both iOS and Android. You don't have to use it as your search engine, but also when you ask it a question, it's got this thing called Copilot, and it tries to figure out like what you're asking, and it will come up with like 
the question. It's just a really cool use of AI that makes you feel very smart. And you can feel like you can trust most of the answers that it gives you. So I kind of just use it every day for the daily notification, but you can also do searches on there. So if you're in a different city, like when I was in San Jose, I just typed in San Jose and it gave me like a whole history of the city. It's like a nice brief little history. And when I asked San Jose just now, it said, which San Jose are you referring to, Costa Rica or California? And it kind of helps you craft your question better to come up with a great response. And now it just gave me a whole thing about San Jose uh, using all kinds of sources, Wikipedia, San Jose website, TripAdvisor, weather.com for the weather. And it's just a really cool app. So again, it's called Perplexity AI, available for free. Of course, they have a subscription. You do not need the subscription to use the app. You get some extra features if you do. I'll put a link on the wiki, richontech.tv slash wiki. All right, coming up, more of your calls at 888-RICH-101-888-742-4101. Plus, we'll talk about uh, more tech news in the world of technology. You are listening to Rich on Tech. Welcome back to Rich on Tech. Rich Demiro here hanging out with you on a 90s weekend, if you're listening on the radio, playing all 90s songs. 888-RICH-101, 888-742-4101. Coming up right after this, we are talking to TV reviewer Caleb Dennison. He is going to share his top picks for Super Bowl Sunday. I'm listening. I told you I'm in the market. Dennis is in Corona, California. Dennis, you're on with Rich. Hello, Dennis. Uh I'm here. I'm here myself. Oh, there we go. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Hey. So I've been with Verizon for years, and I've had on. I've been on auto pay, and I didn't really realize it, but they've been incrementally increasing my rates. It almost seems on a monthly basis. So T-Mobile, I can get. Well, that's why they love having you on auto pay, right? Yeah. That's why they. That's why they charge ten dollars if you want to not do that. No doubt. No doubt. So T-Mobile will. Give me the same price for four lines so I can get my 10 and 11 year old daughters a phone, which is another question, but I'll, I'll call you another line, another time about how to monitor them. Um, but in any event, I'd like to switch, but I have a question regarding, so I always buy unlocked phones from eBay. I wait till a couple progressions go and then I can get a good deal on, you know, like an 11, for example, which is what I have. My wife has an SE. Um, can an unlocked phone on a Verizon network work for T-Mobile? Because I think one's a GSM and one's a CDMA or something like that. Well, that used to be more of the case. Nowadays, phones are pretty much universal. So, what? Well, what phones are we talking about? Like, what is it? An iPhone? What? I, I also have a physical SIM. Do, do do I still need a physical SIM, or can I, can these phones utilize digital SIM? Well, what, I'm sorry, I didn't catch what kind of phone it was. An iPhone 11. Oh, okay. iPhone 11. Um, iPhone 11, uh, let's see if it has an eSIM. I'm not sure that has eSIM. Let's see. Uh, let's see. iPhone 11. Uh, i got to figure out if that supports. Uh, let's see. Okay. I should probably look, look that up. Too. Okay. iPhone, yeah. iPhone 11 has one eSIM and one uh, physical SIM. So your iPhone oh, 11, it should, it, should have a, uh, it should have an eSIM on it. So. Uh, the the simple question is typically phones, uh, especially iPhone, has been pretty good about 
covering all bands. So I think you'll be okay. Uh, but it's pretty simple. Just You can just go to T-Mobile and uh, pop in the, uh, the code from the phone, like the IMEI, and you can see if it will... Um, you know, if it will work there. So if you search on, on Google, just search uh, T-Mobile IMEI check, and it'll bring you to a page that says, uh, you know, check your phone to see if it'll work. And so... Oh, I didn't know. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, 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 didn't, I didn't see anything like that. And then one last question. Um, I have Spectrum for my internet, and I get about, uh, I think it, I want to say it's like 70 MBS, um, 70 to 80, and I'm on a legacy, which... Everybody else gets like two hundred or three hundred or whatever. Um, they brought it back down to fifty dollars to match T-Mobile, but the T-Mobile hotspot and the house seems to be pretty good. There's a seventy to two fifty. Would you recommend just going T-Mobile for everything? The 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 wireless in the house and the phones. Oh, you mean that? You mean the whole the internet for the house, the T-Mobile yeah, the thing? Wi- the, the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. Look, if you get goods. If you get good service from T-Mobile, if you're getting 70, 80 down, I mean, that's pretty good. Um, I think that the, look, cable cable internet, I think, is still slightly better, especially if you have a lot of devices, you're doing a lot of gaming, stuff like that. But if you're just watching Netflix and, and you know, just pretty standard stuff, surfing the web, all that good stuff, I think you'll be fine. But again, just make sure you have a good 5G um, UC signal with T-Mobile in your house. You know that for sure. They just built a tower at the school, and I live oh, like then 300 yards from no my brainer. school. They put, a ta- they no. put a tower on their soccer field, so oh. I should be good there. Yeah, I'm sure the school got paid a lot for that, too. Um, oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah, I would, I would go with it. I would just keep your other service before you cancel, just to make life easy in case the T-Mobile doesn't work out. But it sounds like... Uh, Sounds like to me, Dennis, you're going you're going all in on T-Mobile. So, uh, look, if they've got a cell tower right near your house like that, you're going to get fantastic coverage, good speeds. Um, and T-Mobile versus Verizon out and about, um, I think that Verizon probably has more coverage in, um, like, especially rural areas compared to T-Mobile. But in my experience, T-Mobile, um, the network is really, really good. It's very fast. And uh, I think if you're saving all that money getting four lines for the price of two, plus the home internet at a discount, go for it. Easy, easy, easy. Thanks for the call today. Coming up, Caleb Dennison. We're going to talk top TV picks for Super Bowl Sunday. You are listening to Rich on Tech. Welcome back to Rich on Tech. Rich DeMuro here, hanging out with you, talking technology at 888-RICH-101, 888-742-4101. Joining me now, Caleb Dennison. He is the senior editor at Digital Trends and a TV reviewer extraordinaire. Caleb, thanks so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Let's get into the interview because I've got a lot of stuff I want to cover with you. But first off, uh, TV trends you saw at CES. Uh, Well, I got to say the biggest trend that I saw at CES was the bigness of the TVs. Um, I could not believe some of the screen sizes that we saw at the show this year. We're talking about 110-inch and 115-inch TVs. Uh, That 100-inch barrier has been broken. Um, And so now we're seeing TVs that are the size of projector screens, which calls into question why you'd ever get a projector at this point. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So what's the common what's the most common size people are buying at this point? Well, I think sixty-five is probably technically this the still the most popular size. 
Uh, but we're seeing a lot more 75 and, and especially 85 inch TV selling. And we tend to see a lot of those bigger screens selling right about now as we head toward the big game. Okay, so in terms of uh, TV terms, there's OLED, QLED, LED, QHD, micro LED. Oh, what? Which ones of these terms do we need to know? I think the two that folks need to understand the difference between are QLED and OLED, uh, because those are really the ones we see the most. Also, mini LED, which is just a different flavor of QLED TV, right? And the essential difference is that a QLED TV works a lot like your computer monitor does. There are little LED backlights uh, in the back of the TV and they shine through an LCD panel. And these things uh, now have something called quantum dots, which are these cool little nanoparticles that help make the TV brighter and more colorful. Uh, and these TVs are excellent at getting very bright. And so they're great for a really bright room. If you watch a lot during the day, you might want to lean toward a QLED TV. Uh, if they have a drawback, it's that they're black levels are not perfectly black. Um, that's where OLED really excels. OLED uses an organic compound um, and they don't require a bunch of layers. So the OLED TVs are super, super thin, thinner than your phone in your pocket, I guarantee you. Uh, and these things exceed at doing perfect black levels and really gorgeous colors. And I mentioned the black level thing a lot because contrast is the thing that the eye picks up on the most and oled tvs are just the more the more contrasty tv of the two the only problem with oled is that uh, they're hard to make and therefore they are uh usually a bit more expensive than the qled tvs or mini led tvs you'll see out there what about reflection wise uh i used to you know it used to be like the leds were better than the oleds with reflections is that still the case not so much a lot of the oled tvs these days have really good anti-glare treatment on them um, and so they're, they're fairly good at handling reflections. I think the thing that really helps a TV overpower glare or reflections is its capability of getting super, super bright, which again, I, I think if you're going to be watching during the day a lot and you've got windows with sun coming in, uh, and you're not in the mood to draw your curtains or whatever, you probably want to lean toward a mini LED or, or, or QLED TV. So mini LED is sort of like the best flavor of led huh it's the latest hottest flavor of led tv they basically shrunk down the backlights to be super small anybody who's gone out there and bought led lights these days know how tiny they are and how bright they are and at work in a television they can use more of them for more brightness and more control uh, and they yeah generally when you look at a mini led tv you're looking at a more premium picture quality though these days you don't have to to spend a whole lot more to get it so what types in general brands, like what, what brands do you like out there? Because I'm seeing a lot of like Hisense getting awards and, you know, TCL. What are the brands that you really like? I'm in love for Hisense and TCL uh, for delivering the best picture quality for the money. They are by far the highest value out there right now. And I know that those are brands that maybe people are still warming up to, but I guarantee you, you see them at your Costco and at Amazon and at Best Buy now. They're everywhere. Uh, they've proven to be very reliable. And again, the, the picture quality that you can get for the money from these TVs uh, is absolutely splendid. So, uh, you know, if you ask me what my, my top pick for uh, a, a budget TV is going to be, guaranteed it's going to be a TCL or a Hisense. Okay, so let's get into some of those picks. So... Uh, do you want to give us specific picks for some of these TVs? 
Yeah, actually, I have some model numbers that I think people should be looking out for. Okay. So from Hisense, I would look at, uh, for instance, the U7K. Remember the number seven. That's probably the easiest way to go about it. You can get a 65-inch Hisense U7K for about $800 right now. Um, if you're a little bit more picky about picture quality or you just want to get the, the best TV you can get, the Hisense U8K is about uh, $1,000 or so. Uh, for the 65 inch and these TVs go right up to 85 inches too. So if you want to go really big, uh, by this is by far the best way to get a really big screen without just draining your bank account. Right. I also yeah. recommend TCL. Uh, and again, they have a, a seven and an eight. It's almost like they planned this, right? So with uh, TCL, it's the Q7. Uh, again, about $800 for a 65 inch and the QM8 around a thousand to $1,100 for a 65 inch. So if you want to spend a little bit more, you'll get a lot more picture quality. But uh, those those seven models, uh, I think are the best pick uh, for the most amount of people out there. That's interesting. So both Hisense and TCL are both using the seven and eight. Uh, that makes it easy to kind of remember, you know, seven is good, eight is better. Um, what about when it comes to like premium sets? I uh, am in love with the Samsung S90C OLED television. And hot tip, Best Buy has an exclusive model to them uh, called the S89C, just like one number away. Don't know why they did this, but uh, it's a little less expensive, and it is, for all intents and purposes, the same uh, OLED television. This thing is just spectacular, uh, absolutely remarkable remarkable how good the picture quality is on this thing um and it's one of my top tv picks of the year by far now this is uh the one that you're talking about i just looked it up on best buy and uh it is on like really sale so could this be this is saying it's two thousand bucks sixteen hundred dollars off does that sound right yeah, you know, when these TVs first come out at the, the very beginning of the season, and TV season starts around April or May, usually, uh, they are at their loftiest prices. Uh, over time, they tend to come down. We see some discounts around Black Friday uh, and the holiday shopping season. But right now is probably the best time to buy a TV if you're looking to save money, uh, because the new models that were just announced at CES, uh, they'll start coming out again in March or April, uh, and so a lot of uh, businesses are trying to clear out the 2023 stock to make room for the 2024. And uh, now is a great time to save a lot of money on TV. I don't think TV prices are going to get much lower uh, than they are right now. The trick is uh, you want to buy soon because as stock starts dwindling, once these things disappear, they're not coming back. Mm. And it's interesting that uh, I didn't realize Samsung was doing OLEDs. I thought they were mostly doing the QLEDs, but uh, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit of a shift in strategy from them. Uh, we're coming into the third year that Samsung will be making an OLED, and this after uh, trashing OLED for years and years and years. Um, but I think they caved once they realized that uh, consumers really love that OLED look. If you've ever seen an OLED TV, and you can look at one if you walk into Costco, uh, they'll have one sitting right there, shining bright and looking gorgeous. Uh, most people understand as soon as they see it that they don't understand what True Black really does until you see that contrast on an OLED TV, and it's phenomenal. And also the top-of-the-line iPhone and Samsung phones are OLED, and they are incredible displays too. Yeah, absolutely. We carry them around in our pocket. 
Uh, and, you know, we've been able to get them in a television for quite some time, but they used to be just prohibitively expensive. Now that OLED's been around for about 10 years, they're starting to, to come down to earth a little more. All right. We got to run in a minute here, but uh, any other picks that you wanted to share? Uh, LG also makes an outstanding OLED TV. I would look at the C3 uh, if you're having trouble finding that Samsung OLED that we talked about. Um, and of course, uh, if you are a movie buff or a cinephile, uh, I, Sony is still the best out there. Um, they make the very best TVs, uh, in my opinion, though you tend to pay a little bit of a Sony tax to get a Sony TV these days. But it's a Sony, and, you know, people, look, Sony is the brand that uh, it has stood the test of time, and they still do make a great product, and uh, these are all fantastic picks. I love them. This is why I love talking to you. You explain TVs simpler than any human being out there, and, you know, you go into, like, a Best Buy or, a, you know, all these places were so just there's so many terms and there's so many things and there's so many model numbers and to just have it broken down in this way to understand what's the best what can i get away with if i like this it's all perfect and that's why i have you on the show caleb uh how can folks find you online how can they find your reviews and what you talk about well, you can find my written reviews at digitaltrends.com, or if you actually want to see the TVs I'm talking about, you can go to our YouTube channel, Digital Trends on YouTube. I have a ton of videos there, not just explaining the technology, but also talking about the TVs that you will want to buy. All right, Caleb Dennison, Senior Editor at Digital Trends. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'll put all your picks on the website, richontech.tv. Coming up, uh, we will share some more of your questions in the feedback segment. You are listening to Rich on Tech. Welcome back to Rich on Tech. Rich Demuro here, closing out the show. This is Rich on Tech. We're going to go through a little uh, kind of a lightning segment with some news items, and I'll get to your uh, feedback segment. Meta is adding new nighttime nudges for teens on Instagram. So uh, if your teen is on their phone late at night, surfing Reels, surfing Instagram, the phone is now going to remind teens that they've been using the app too much and encourage them to close it and get to bed. <laughs> this is going to happen when teens spend more than 10 minutes on Instagram, on Reels, or direct messages late at night. It will remind teens that uh, it's late, and encourage them to close the app. Whether they do it is up to them. Wall Street Journal says there's a huge cost, hidden cost, to subscriptions. Americans vastly underestimate how much they spend on subscriptions each month. If you ask them, they say eh, probably about 62 to $96. The actual amount, closer to $273. A lot of people forget to cancel subscriptions and don't realize they're still paying. The best way to get rid of uh, subscriptions and clear out the uh, the subscriptions you have, you get a new card. Once you uh, get a new card, because the old one's not going to charge anymore, that uh, you you stop paying for those subscriptions. Interesting. Uh, when Vision Pro launches, there will not be some prominent apps on board. Netflix, Spotify, and YouTube. Mm, nope, we're not we're not going to be there. And some of them are even blocking their iPad apps from running on Vision Pro which means uh, those are three big entertainment apps that will not be there. Wirecutter, one of my favorite uh, reviews websites, has some new picks for the best Wi-Fi uh, mesh networking systems. They say Eero 6 is the best for most people. The Asus Zen Wi-Fi AX 
is the uh, best upgrade pick if you have a really fast internet plan. And if you're on a budget, you want the budget pick, the TP-Link Deco S4 provides good coverage but at a lower price. Once again, on the wire cutter. Consumer Reports says each Facebook user is monitored by thousands of companies. Study by Consumer Reports analyzed Facebook data sharing from 709 volunteers. On average, each person's data was sent to Facebook by over 2,000 different companies. Some had over 7,000 companies. Wow. A data broker named LiveRamp appeared in 96% of participants' data. Major retailers like Home Depot, Macy's, and Walmart were also in the top 100 data sharing companies. Keep in mind, friends... Uh, these companies, yes, you love Macy's, you love Home Depot, you love Walmart, you love Target, but they are marketing geniuses. Their entire goal is to get you to love them so that you take your paycheck and you deposit it into their account little by little. We all do it. You go into Costco. I saw a meme on Instagram. It said, I saved $347 at Costco today by not going in for blueberries. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, Norton has a new AI tool to help you detect scams. It's called Norton Genie, and it uses AI to analyze screenshots. You can pop in a text message you got, an email, or a social media post. It will scan it and figure out if it is a scam or not. Uh, It's available at genie.norton.com, or you can download the app on iOS and Android. So if you're thinking this might be a scam... It could be, and this might help you figure it out. Let's get to the feedback. Janice says, I'm contacting you for a friend. He was working for his girlfriend's company. His laptop was synced. Uh, He has now broken up with her, but his girlfriend has been accessing his laptop, his iPhone, reading things, changing things, locking him out of things. He spent hours on the phone and in person with Apple and T-Mobile. No one can get her off his phone and laptop. Uh, Her name and login is all over it. Uh, any suggestions, Janice? I doubt if uh, if Apple and T-Mobile have looked into this that they cannot get this person off the phone or the laptop. Do a factory reset, and that will take care of it both on the iPhone and on a MacBook or computer. Just look for a factory reset that that will wipe everything clean and. Uh, It will be just fine. Uh, Shari says, hey, Rich, I love your show. I need help with a dilemma. I was searching for Laker tickets on a website. I dozed off holding my phone while searching for $200 tickets. I was awakened by a text message from my credit card asking if I made a purchase for almost $20,000. When I checked my account, it said I got two courtside seats for almost $10,000 each. After doing some research, I found that the ticketing website I was looking at saves your credit card info. Since I'd made previous purchases, do you think it's possible I purchased the tickets accidentally in my sleep? Or do you think I was hacked? I've disputed and I'm waiting a decision. Shari, sounds like you're going to the Lakers courtside. You just spent a lot of money on that. No, I mean, look, I, I, I don't know if you went through the entire flow of this ticketing thing, you know, sleeping. I mean, that would be a lot of, like, steps. Come on. There's either something you're not telling me here or uh, you got to dispute these. Don't use the tickets because you want to make sure that you can get a refund on those. I know there's no refunds, but (laughs) 
<laughs> that is so wild. Uh, Joy says, I use a Google spreadsheet for my financial records. Some people have access to my computers or any way to set up a password or two-factor authentication so only I can open my Google spreadsheet. I love your podcast, Joy. Uh, Joy, I think when you open up this spreadsheet on your computer, use that incognito mode I was talking about. That means you can log in, and when you exit this uh, this tab on your browser, nobody else will be able to get into that browser. Uh, Patrick says, your show, your podcast is my favorite. Well done. Thank you. And uh, Laurel says, love your segments on KTLA. I wear the Fitbit Inspire for sleep monitoring while my Apple Watch is on the charger. I accidentally discovered I could set the Fitbit Watch to merge into the Apple Health app. This gives me 24-hour heart monitoring and all of my stuff in one place. This is a great feature and worth reporting. Keep up the good work. Laurel, keep up the good sleep. If you can believe it, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. You can find links to everything I mentioned on my website. Just go to richontech.tv for the show notes. Uh, you can find me on social media. I am at richontech. Next week, let me check the calendar. What do we got? Uh, I don't know. More stuff. We'll talk about whatever's happening in the tech world. You know I'm going to bring you good stuff. I will bring it. I promise. Thanks so much for listening. There are so many ways you can spend your time. I do appreciate you spending it right here with me. Special thanks to my guests, everyone who makes this show possible, plus, most of all, you for listening. My name is Rich Demiro. I will talk to you real soon.